This is The Playbook. Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs The Playbook live here at the greatest tech summit in the world, Web Summit in Portugal, Lisbon. I'm making more new friends here, (laughs) extraordinary people. They always tell you that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I'm definitely in the right room now because we have Lorraine Barber Miller. She is the CMO of Philips. She's also an executive vice president there as well. But forget the titles. I am in love. I met her five minutes ago and I'm like, okay, I have a new best friend. Thank you for joining me on The Playbook. It's all my pleasure. Thank you, David, for having me. Well, it's so nice at a tech summit to get to talk to some marketing people uh, because as you know, I just had Neil Patel on here and he's a See, you know, the, the expert in SEO, very technical kid. I've known him for 20 years, mentored him when he was only 19. So his success is definitely heartwarming. But they're just not as fun. <laughs> I know when I got a real marketing person because instantly they have an emotional attachment more than just the credibility of the titles, yes. the company and all of the things. At what point in your career did you, because you're an extremely academic person, went to one of the best colleges in the country, Lehigh. But beyond the academia and the success that you have and the pragmatic business that you know, there's this gift of emotional intelligence or emotional attachment. When did you start to sway your skill sets from the academia, the math, into this emotional aspect? Well, in fact, David, I would say it started very early in my life. I remember as a small child, I loved art and design. Um, and I remember one of my favorite brands as a child was Crayola, right? Yeah. And that is something that's, that stays with you. And over time, as I advanced in my studies, I started to think, how do I apply this love of art, design, creativity to business? And marketing is that perfect intersection or the way to apply all of those elements. And there is, I have a saying about math or time that it's the only dependent variable of all matter, meaning subjective and objective matter. And when I meet extraordinary CMOs like you, that they are experts of the dependent variable, meaning that they can deal with all the subjectivity that's necessary in the co-creation and collaboration that you do as a marketer. Yes. But also you have to stand in front of the C-suite of executives and boards of directors uh, that tend to be a little bit more objective in their matter. Yes. And they're less open-minded when it comes to the co-creative value <laughs> that you may want to uh, pitch to them or implement in your company. There's quite a balance between the matter. Uh, what do you use as your dependent variable? I use time. I know other people use math. One of those two, is there something else that you use in order to get alignment between those who have a more subjective open mind compared to those who may have an objective open mind? So from my perspective, I believe that I represent the function at the C-suite table. However, as an enterprise leader, it is my responsibility to understand the business end-to-end, understand where the money is made, and to have that shared accountability and mutual vision with my peers around the table. Now, if I bring it home to our profession, the elements I think about is the art and the science of our profession. There is still that element of creativity, that emotive effect that we have on people's hearts and minds with our brands. At the same time, now based on technology, AI, ML, we're able to have a a data-driven approach 
to what we do in terms of marketing, communications, digital, and e-commerce. So it's really the balance of the art and the science of our profession. And within that balance, you're dealing with five different criteria. One is to get people to act a certain way, to speak a certain way, to think a certain way, and even believe uh, a certain way internally and externally at a large organization like Philips. But a lot of times I feel that people ignore the most important, and I hate to quote Maya Angelou, but I think she was so right. It's not what people do say, think, or even believe. They won't remember any of that. They'll remember how they feel. Yes. And that's an internal and an external objective of mine. What are some of the key aspects that you've learned through your illustrious career on to align feelings mm. internally and externally? It's a great question. So let me share a little bit about the transformation that we've been on in terms of for context. So most people would recognize us for our historical consumer electronics business. Of course. However, over the last decade, our former CEO, who was credited for the transformation, he pivoted the company, the ambition of the company, to say, let's use our assets to address some of the world's most unmet needs, quality and access to healthcare for all. And so that's where we've pivoted now to health tech and wanting to become that strategic partner to our customers, our consumers, and to patients. So as I think about that, you know, my responsibility is in order to support the transformation of the entire organization and our business direction and strategy, I need to be my very best and transform marketing and e-commerce to enable that growth. And in order to do that, you know, I've had to spend quite a bit of time internally, as you say, around key stakeholders, business leaders, market leaders, other functional leaders, whether it's supply chain, finance, IT, HR, building that shared vision and having the mutual accountability about what is it, what does this mean for us, for our brand, and how do we project that brand and that purpose out in the world through every interaction with our company? And so, you know, I look at the 80,000 employees around the world. What unites us is our purpose. It is that uh, desire to improve the health and well-being of people around the world through meaningful innovation. It's meaningful work. It's impactful work. It's why we come to work every day. But we have to live that authentically internally, because as I say, it's every touch point, whether it's digital, service, product, that manifests in the world. It's the representation of the Philips brand. And we have to be authentic to who we are and deliver on that brand promise every day, particularly in such a sensitive area such as health and the privacy and the data aspects related to that. Yeah, it's amazing if we look at the skills, the knowledge, the desire of our companies, the capability of our company, and apply it to what should be a prioritization of non-negotiables. You know, for everyone, my mission to empower people to be happy, to make a lot of money, create abundance, to help a lot of people though. And I think of Philips in this way, that they've been super successful, huge multinational conglomerate that now is utilizing all of the abundance that they've created to help a lot of people. And you still can have a lot of fun, but you have to always have these non-negotiables. You know, for me, health is the non-negotiable that most people overlook. If you're helping yes. you get as many wishes as you want a day, yes. Steve Jobs learned this in his career. <laughs> he could do whatever he wanted with his life until what? He only had one wish, to be healthy. Yes. 
Then we go to the family, and Phillips does a lot to make sure that people not, are not only internally and externally with health as a non-negotiable, but families. And so what are the, some of the things on the marketing aspect that Phillips and the transformation not only is a great health tech company, but it's actually, I see it as one that's helping so many families and getting that non-negotiable internally and externally executed upon. Well, to think about that, I would step back and say that we fully recognize as an organization, because we know the work that we do today will impact someone's life tomorrow. And so we take that as a privilege and a responsibility to serve society. And we don't take that obligate, that privilege and that responsibility lightly, right? It's about how do we do it sustainably? How do we do it authentically? How do we also do it to drive diversity and inclusion? Right? Thank you. And so, you know, what you'll see, for example, in our marketing, we have significantly shifted the way that our brand, our communications, our messaging comes to life. It is now more reflective of the people that we serve around the world. Um, you know, it's how we create digital experiences. It's how we create physical experiences. Amazing. Right? And so um, it's really incredibly exciting. Now, I'll share with you a bit about our transformation since yeah. you mentioned it, David. So when I joined Philips in February of 2020, right perfect before, timing, right before the <laughs> pandemic, in the right place at the right time, unbeknownst to me. But you um, got home at that time. So that's a good. <laughs> Talk about promotion and protection. <laughs> so, you know, our CEO at the time had asked me to come in and lead marketing and e-commerce uh, globally. Uh, essentially the first CMO of the company in the 130 year history. Were you the first woman CEO? First level? female. Yeah. First female CMO, which is a great honor and privilege for me. And I take that very uh, truly to heart. And so, you know, I believe as, for example, as women, we've made incredible progress. I wish it was bolder progress. And faster. And I, and I, faster. And yeah. I look forward to the day when we're no longer referred to as female leaders and we are leaders. Thank you. I, I did right? this with black quarterbacks. I, you know, represent the Clemente family, Jackie Robinson, yes. Warren Moon was my business partner. And we used to sit around dinner going, when will they stop saying black quarterback? Why can't they just say tall quarterback or exactly. terrible quarterback? Exactly. I want the same thing for my daughters. Yes. You're just the CMO and nobody blinks. Exactly. And so we make sure that all the diversity and inclusion is included in not only, as I say, our brand, our advertising, our messaging, our communications, and our digital experiences, but I also take a full responsibility for my own organization. So the talent that I hire, that I retain, that I develop, my leadership team is 50-50, and I lead an organization of 3,000 practitioners around the world. 58% of them are women. And so it is my responsibility to help women rise to the highest levels and to keep them there because I truly believe there is not a table or a room in which we don't belong. And I will add to equity inclusion that there's a color that everyone loves that you get more of if you are diverse and that's green. It's now we, we've been doing this long enough. We know who's more profitable. Those it's not create, a nice to have. It's a business imperative. It's exactly. So if you don't have any philanthropic beliefs like we do, then go for the color green. I'm fine with it. This is one area. Be as scarce as you want. If you just want to make more money, good. Then hire more people of diversity and include everyone, uh, which I believe is really important to tell people. I know I'm the chief chancellor of Junior Achievement University, and 
we got nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, seventh Incredible. largest NGO. When I was in junior achievement when I was 10, not one girl was in my, my group. Over 50% of the participants of a charity that's over 100 million people now, over 50% are women. Uh, and as a father, that makes Love me that. most proud. Now, last thing, balance. You know, in a big company, this is a word that is weighted, perceived, participated in a different perception. But I love people at the stage of their career, like you, that are constantly transforming not only the company with this idea in mind, societal balance, global balance, sustainability balance, diversity yes. balance, money balance, but personally as well. And I think we get a little bit more experienced into higher positions and it's important to be able to articulate the idea of balance. And so I would love for you, you as a, to finish up to understand what balance means to you as a CMO of Philips and what you want to project onto the company and your family about what you've learned about balance. So David, I look at that through two lenses. So number one, am I inspired by the purpose? Am I inspired by what the company does every day? And number two, what impact or legacy can I leave on the organization? How do I drive progress, right? And so I look at it through those two uh, lenses and as a leader, for example, you know, we talk about transformation and this transformation has been attempted previously. It has now successfully completed as we speak. And so why is that? I come back to people. Transformation is hard. Change is hard. Yeah, the only people that like it change is a wet baby. <laughs> <laughs> but it all comes down to your people, right? And yes. how do you create followership? How do you create belief? How do you create buy-in to the vision? How do you paint reality and help them envision the future and then show them the arts of the possible and take them with you? And how do you create that impact, that legacy, that progress that I talk about? So to me as a leader, the balance is not only driving the results and the outcomes, but importantly, how do we develop our people to become the future leaders of tomorrow? And I think when you're, when you're driving transformation, as I say, it's very hard. It requires conviction, commitment, and courage. Which you have. You are the Thank Jackie you. Robinson of <laughs> Phillips. My favorite CMO now is Lorraine Barber Miller. Thank she is you, the David. CMO, Executive Vice President of Phillips. It has gone through an incredible transformation so that they can, believe it or not, make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. Please come back and visit me soon. Go My take pleasure. a nap. I will. Here in Web Summit in Portugal, Lisbon, this is David Meltzer with the Entrepreneurs, The Playbook.